What's up, everybody? Landis Sports Guys coming to you in just one second. Uh, no Max Markovich on this edition of the podcast. Max, he had some Padea stuff to do. I don't know. Garrett and I couldn't couldn't understand it. We're not Padea guys. Uh, the, the Atlanta folks will understand. Uh, but Garrett is a Lovett guy, so he kind of understands. But me being the public schools to Mountain Lilburn kid from Parkview, shout out to Parkview, um, I just didn't understand. Like, And I, I, I can't understand, but that's okay. That's okay. Max Markovich will be back next week on the podcast. But Garrett and I had a great conversation on all things Atlanta sports, uh, ranging from the Atlanta Hawks uh, sitting at 28 and 30 at the All-Star break, what they can do going forward, why they are not a lock to even make the playoffs, even if they get in the play-in situation, what the summer could look like for them. Um, plus, Drake London. Todd McShay has uh, the Falcons taking Drake London at eight. We talk about what they should do there, what Calvin really could fetch in, in, in a trade this offseason. And uh, this article by Mark Bradley in the AJC about tanking and uh, the Braves and all that and what our perspective is on tanking and whether or not it should be championed and all of that and more with Garrett Chapman uh, at GChap ATL of 99 the game. So yeah, all that and more coming up in just one second. Uh, don't forget folks, if you like listening to the Atlanta sports guys and you're not already subscribed, please make sure you go ahead and do so. Um, we're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever. And if you do like this podcast, please go make sure you leave this show a five-star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, we're also on YouTube, so you can watch all these episodes on YouTube. Just type in the Chase Thomas Podcast, youtube.com. Subscribe, like, share it out, all the good stuff. Every episode there now as well, if you'd rather watch us than just listen to us. Plus, uh, the daily newsletter, sportsrenaissanceman.substack.com. Go support me there and type in your email, all that um, in your inbox every day. And then go visit chasethomaspodcast.com, access to all of my previous episodes and all that good stuff. And then you can always email the program. So if you have any Atlanta sports questions for Garrett, Max, and myself, please do make sure you go email us at chasethomaspodcast at gmail dot com all right uncle darren let's go chase thomas pod the chase thomas podcast um my nephew needs me to record see i hate i already hate it i hate it all right welcome back to the atlanta sports guys ladies and gentlemen yeah atlanta sports guys with just well, i guess it's one and it, it's one person not including myself I was going to say it's just one Atlanta sports guy, but that's not true because there's two people on this podcast and I would never do a solo podcast. I'm not a solo podcast guy. Um, here, Garrett Chapman of 99 The Game. Garrett, how are you doing, sir? I'm good, man. I'm good. Missing Max, man. Uh, the the number two guy on the podcast. He's got a, I guess he's moving down. I don't know. He's been number two <laughs> for a while now. Like he's, he's really pushing himself in there. I think it's that Padea aspect to him. We can't roll it out. <laughs> There's just something about those Padea folks that you, you just, just can't keep away from it. You know, it's a, it's it's human. It's mm. just nature, man. It is what it is. <laughs> it's just too many long walks in the quad over there at Padea. Too many too many fun walks. Like I don't a know. official quad. I don't, I don't, I don't know. know. Padea is just. I'm a loving uh, kid, so I can't. I, I guess I can't really yell too loudly. So, man, that's. I don't know. I'm the only public school Atlanta. It's weird, sports right? guy here, right? Yeah, the go big orange. Um, I would go pick Where up you the. Again? You were Stone Mountain, Melbourne. Stone Mountain. That's it. Okay. Yeah, I could pull out the uh, part view helmet right here. Got part. I got the Battle of Five Forks on my wall. So when I eventually move and we buy a different house here in uh, Knoxville, Sports Renaissance Woman and I, I'm gonna actually put out all the stuff that's really cool that I could uh, have in the background for this video call, but. 
I don't want to move all of it, Garrett. Like I have yeah. no interest in moving. Like I have a gigantic bookshelf, all my North Georgia, all my Tennessee, all my NFL helmets, all my Falcon stuff, all my cool posters, frame stuff. And then I've got a Keith Brooking signed Falcon helmet. Don't have like That's that'd be sick. cool. To, yeah, that'd be cool to have on here. Guess what? Can't do it because it doesn't. I, I don't have anywhere to put it behind me, and I don't want to move all of it. I, I have no interest. <laughs> I have no interest. What a terrible problem to have. <laughs> well, it's, so, you know, but it, I get what you're saying because I mean, I'm looking around my room. I've got mm-hmm. even like non sports related stuff. So I've like I I have like sweet water stuff just being from yeah. Atlanta. Um, I have things from like all the trips that I've taken. I have like this Hawks basketball that they gave us bobbleheads. Uh, I had this one painting or print or whatever from like mm-hmm. 1991. Uh, I don't mm-hmm. know where I got it, but I got it. It's like called Tomahawk night or whatever from like, it's like Fulton County stadium. This, okay. It was the game. Um, that was the Sid Bream game, I think, which okay. was really cool. Um, you were even born then, right? Like you're, you're no, not alive. I wasn't born. It's okay. When were you born? 95, 95. Okay. So you're my so brother. I'm, I'm old enough. Okay. For, yeah. I'm old enough for a two champion or three championships. Yeah. Beautiful city of Atlanta. So I don't know <laughs> if you count it. I mean, you can, you can count what you want. Yeah, you can now. It, it is what it is. Um, I, uh, yeah, it is what it is. Um, <laughs> I was apparently watching a lot of those 95 games um, as a four year old. So I can't, re- I can't relate. Uh, I don't have any specific memories about that, but the DVD yeah. or the VHS tapes are there in the, in the man cave at my parents' house. So it exists. The 96 Olympics. I have pictures of me at the Olympics and Mm -hmm. watching things or watching the Olympics Mm -hmm. as like a a one-year-old in in diapers and everything. And Mm -hmm. my dad's carrying me or something, but I was there. Yeah. (laughs) So I guess I can always say I was at the Olympics and then my parents are at the world series in 95. So I guess that counts. Yeah. It counts. Absolutely. Well, let's hit on some Atlanta Hawks stuff. Um, they're now at the break. No Hawks game for a little uh, a little less than a week, but yeah. they are 28 and 30 as they go into the break. Um, I don't know. I just, <laughs> they beat the Magic and they did this some stuff. Like I don't, none of my, like I was thinking about before you started recording, I was just like, none of my thoughts have really changed as of late with the Hawks. And I feel like they just kind of are what they're going to be um the rest of the way like the thing that i've gotten excited about is like a, a play-in game like a do or die situation between brooklyn and atlanta will just be must-see television if that's where we're in to to get into the playoffs if we have to beat brooklyn um and trey versus uh Kyrie and katie or whatever and also would that be a thing where kate Kyrie can't play the play like the oh the play-in yeah. game if it's in brooklyn and they're the home team so do the nets want to give us the home game because then Kyrie can travel to Atlanta that oh man that is something that we can't roll out because they might not have him for the playing game depending on whether or not they're hosting or on the road um I'm I don't fully know convinced they're, they're gonna be in that game anyway because they're gonna get once they get Ben Simmons back I mean is Ben Simmons vaccinated do we do we know if he is or not I think he is I'm pretty sure I'm, but also I don't, I don't think know, he's playing for a while like he said he's he got to get not. back into NBA shape not there's only 20 games left. Like that's the thing is like, we're looking like the majority of this season has concluded. He does not have much time to, to get back and get ready. Like the, the clock's ticking and um, 20 something games to go. Like you can't, I don't know. I just don't, the nets I've punted on for this year, the nets, I just think they might be dangerous depending on who they get. And you can't ever count out Kevin Durant, but I just, not enough. Like getting Ben Simmons acclimated this late in the year. I just, I don't think, 
they're a team that's trying to do it this year. They're a team that's going to figure it out next year um, and a full off season with this group. I, I just, I don't know. They're not, they're not on my radar in that, in that capacity anymore. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying. Um, <clears throat> I still think they're going to be very dangerous in a mm. seven-game series. I feel the same way about the Hawks, too. Um, I mean, the Do you Hawks still feel that really way? match up terribly for most teams in a seven-game series. Because we've seen what they can do if you have the elevated mm. effort on defense. But even then, it's like they played two defensively challenged or offensively challenged teams yeah. uh, who didn't really have a solid identity. So maybe it was a kind of a, a, a faux indicator of like what – this defense really was or could be. Um, mm-hmm. But it's like, but you see it in flashes every now and then on the court where this defense could be a top 15 when Onyeka Kongu is out on the court. Um, if they have four dominant offensive guys in Onyeka Kongu, I think that's a pretty dynamic group that'll be pretty scary for most teams. Um, but really, we, I think, like you said, like this team's identity is pretty much solidified. We know who they are. Um, mm-hmm. They have 20 games left in the season. They're a team that needs to score points and they need to be very, very good on offense. Um, and I still think they can do those things. Just get John Collins back healthy. That I've, I've heard some rumblings that the, the injury could be more serious than originally thought. Um, and I think this team is, it, it's just, it's, but it's like mostly a pain tolerance thing. Um, mm. but my God, it's going to be painful, <laughs> but it's like, if you need him to play, then he's, he might be able to play. Um, but I think they're going to see think- how the season goes. Do you think Nate gets fired if they don't make the playoffs? If they don't make the playing game, yes. No, they're, I think they're going to make the playing game. I, think, I, don't, I agree. I agree. They're okay. going to make the playing game. But if they if they don't make the playing game, yes, he's fired. If mm. he doesn't make the playoffs, no. Okay. No, I, I don't think you can fire him. No, no he, he's got another se- I think he's got another season unless he misses the playing game. But it would take something pretty crazy for this team to to miss the playing game at this point. No, I don't Wizards think they're going to miss the playing game. Yeah, they're basically locked in. Hornets are the, trending down. Well, the Hornets are in. They're they're going to. So you have seven, eight, nine, ten. So I think the Hawks are right there. Like no one after the Hawks. Like I think the Wizards. We can count them out. The Knicks are a train wreck and everything else. So it's just it's down to those teams. But like the Raptors are a much better team, but it's like, can they score enough in a one game situation yeah. against Atlanta? Like, I don't know how that will go. Like that's going to be a pain uh, yeah. with what Toronto is going to throw at Trey. But do I think they can score enough to beat Atlanta? Like, I'm very curious to see what that would look like, but I don't That'd know. I mean, fun it's a matchup because I mean, like we looked at the last time they, these guys played each other. Well, mm-hmm. two times ago, rather um, last time they played, they put in three very good quarters and then just sort of fell apart mm-hmm. um, and won. And then the first time, the, the, the time before that, they didn't have Trey Young. And yeah. so I would kind of throw that out the window. Yeah. Like if, you, if you don't have Trey Young on the, out on the floor, I mean, I don't really give much credence to it. Um, but I, I think the Hawks are, are they're going to fall into the playing game because I don't think they're going to catch the Celtics, much less the Bucks or Cavs or any of those teams. Um, they would have to truly play some dominating basketball. Um, that, well, I think they can make the playing game, but I just. Of. I don't think it's a shoe in the playoffs. Like, I think I'm leaning more towards they miss it based on what we've seen from the Raptors as of late and what we've seen from the Nets. Like, I just Nets is scary. Yes. Yeah. But like the Raptors are right there. They're the seventh spot. Like, I don't know. Like the Hawks are in a position where I think it's it's a greater than 50 percent chance that they'd miss the playoffs altogether, that they're in the plan and they miss the playoffs. Like it's a coin flip if they can make it through. And it's just so crazy to think that that might determine whether or not the Hawks go nuclear this offseason or they kind of stay the course and just make some minor moves and just get healthy and figure some stuff out. Because it 
as stupid as it sounds, like not making the playoffs is so much worse than getting into the play in. Like that one game difference can just dictate everything. Like Shane could lose his job for missing the playoffs. Like if you miss the playoffs at this point with what you've invested in, like I don't, I don't know how you explain that to wrestler. Like that's something that's so interesting. I would love to be a fly on the wall for the explanation as to what happened this year, because 28 and 30 at this point is not acceptable. Like it's just not like that's, I understand we overachieved last year, but you didn't do anything in the deadline. And now you're here and some teams took some big swings. And what also doesn't help is that teams took big swings. Like the Sixers did it. They just went and got hardened. Um, you had the Pelicans went and got McCollum. You saw some big deals around the league, Halliburton to the Pacers, like big deals were happening. And this was a way more active deadline than, um, than what we're used to. And now you're just kind of, you're hoping that this stuff figures it out, but we've been mostly a 500 to below 500 team. And then if you have 82 game sample of that, it ultimately falls in the GM because he constructed this roster that in a way that he thought the depth and the guys that he was bringing back could build off what happened last year. And hindsight's 2020, we talked about it this offseason. We were like, I mean, we could see either way, but I, you can't fault them for investing and in just doubling down on depth. But at the same time, you have to answer for these failures because the clock is ticking. Trey, it, like the clock is ticking on Trey Young. And I cannot imagine that this man is the least bit happy about where they're at and what he's going to have to do to fix this in Atlanta. Cause I just, I, I don't know. I think it's going to be, it's good. It might be a bloodbath this off season if they miss the playoffs altogether. See, I'm not ready for <clears throat> to say that this team's going to miss the playoffs at all. Because I mean, I think I still got to prepare. I'm not saying either. I'm just saying it's a distinct possibility. Oh, it's, we it's have to absolutely prepare. a possibility that they miss it completely and they lose in the playing mm-hmm. game and they get eliminated. Yes. The goal, which I think is achievable is to get up into that seven and eight seed right in that area. I think that's mm. possible. Um, the I think eight's seed, like possible. I, I don't know if possible. seven's possible. But, but the yeah. goal is shoot to seven. I mean, mm-hmm. like, look, there's a two-game difference there, and that's at this point in the season, it's getting wider and wider and wider. But uh, the Raptors are playing good basketball. The Nets are not. And if you get into that eight spot, all of a sudden you're in a position where you could just win one basketball game, and then you're in the playoffs playing the Bulls or whoever the mm-hmm. two seed is. Um, and I think it's perfectly achievable because especially with the Nets playing as bad a basketball as they are playing right now, they're playing as bad them. They and the, and the Hornets are playing as bad a basketball as anybody in the NBA right now. They're terrible and they are perfectly within shooting distance, striking distance rather of the Atlanta Hawks. And I think if you can jump into that eight spot, you win one game and you're in the playoffs and then yeah. you'd have to lose two. I don't think the Hawks are going to lose two games necessarily. I, yeah. I would bet on the Hawks in that sense, that, that instance. Now, if they, they get more to do, get there. Now, yeah, yeah. If they're nine, 10 where they have to win two games. Mm-hmm. I'm a little less optimistic. Um, because See, I think there's a real possibility. They're nine, 10. Yeah. I just, I think nine, 10 is a real possibility. Like, I think it's a real it thing is. that Hawks fans seem to That's prepare where I'm for. Be very concerned. That's what mm-hmm. I'll get. We're also getting concerned, but I think that they're, this team is perfectly capable of playing elite basketball down the stretch at least elite enough to jump into that seven, eight spot. And I think that's a I'm win just, after yeah. everything we've seen after the COVID and injury issues that this team has experienced all year. And honest to honest to God, it, it is a damn shame that we are likely going to have the end of the season uh, be decided by a bunch of injuries and COVID out. Like people who, who were out by COVID for like a month span. Yeah. It was a brutal run. They had, there were games where they had two or three uh, legitimate like players on the roster. Mm-hmm. And uh, other teams got 
postponed games, uh, Hawks didn't. But that's the NBA. That's the the, the life you lead. <laughs> but it was also like not going to be the difference between us winning fifty games and us winning. Uh, no, but it could something. be the difference between us being making the play. Yeah, not, that's you know, true. We could be two games above five hundred instead of two games below, and that's yeah, that's fair in the world. Um, when it comes to the playoffs, not actually when it comes contending. To the yeah, yes, not just when it comes making to the, it. the whole season, but making the playoffs mm-hmm. and seeding and everything else, it matters a lot. Um, but just, get to that seven spot. That's the goal. Yeah. Potentially get to the six. If you can get to the six, that's a slam dunk. No six is a lot of work to do, man. Before, I don't think it's going to happen, though. Like 20 that, games Celtics left. Celtics are playing way too good. Celtics are playing really good basketball. And, you and The Raps are seven games over 500, yeah. aren't they? Aren't the Raps seven games over yeah, 500? They're seven over. I don't think they're going to catch the Raptors, but get to the eight spot because you can catch the Nets. With other playing, so Katie's then the Nets are falling into the nine ten spot. Yeah. Oh my goodness! I, I don't know. I'm going to say the Hawks are a nine seed. Like my guess is they finish with a nine seed, and then they have a lot I of work to do. I think you're probably right. You're probably right. I think that's that's probably just the situation they're in, and they're going to have to to get through it. And look, all of this should be solved. They just win basketball games and not melt down for a quarter. You know, don't give up 42 points to a team that doesn't have an offensive identity. Like <sighs> unbelievable. It's it's all effort stuff. But the thing is. We did see this last year where it just – this was you're pounding your head against the wall. And I don't, I don't like necessarily like comparing everything to what we saw last year because last year was last year, this year is this year. Um, but as far as the mentality of this team goes, they're in playoff mode. They have to be. And mm-hmm. they we've seen them in playoff mode, and they're at their best when they're in playoff mode where it's like win or you're done like kind of thing. And they play their best when they're like that. And then and when they're not throwing the hat out on the floor and – uh, and, and playing that level of basketball and playing as best they can and giving 100% effort, that's when they're at their best. And we saw it last year. We'll see if we'll see it again. Um, I'm not going to put too much stock into it until I actually it, until it actually happens. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Um, we'll see. I'm just glad they're getting a break, and we'll see what they come out looking like as Garrett uses his Miller Lite. <laughs> you can see his water, though. I, mean, I know. I'll, I'll go have a beer after this. <laughs> that is the most. This is batch- the- <laughs> that's the most bachelor thing I've ever seen. Is using a, a big beer beer container yeah, for uh, this Miller Lite. This one. Yeah. This one's actually uh, the tenth anniversary of the Beer Garden, right. which is right outside of uh, State Farm Arena. Okay, it's beautiful. The beer. Wait, garden. where? It, we go there. The no, beer- I get this. Whenever I go to games, I, I go to yeah. the Beer Garden before the game, especially when I'm doing standing room only seats. Mm-hmm. Nothing better. You have a massive stein of beer that's like the size of my my head. Mm-hmm. Down that thing, you're ready to go. <laughs> um, if you're in there throwing elbows like uh, like Dwight Howard, you know. Yeah. Standing um, room only, except I'm more of a Patrick Beverly than Dwight Howard. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't <laughs> even know who I would compare in that situation. Um, I guess more, I'm some Bob Sarah. Give me some Bob Sarah action. Okay. Um, I respect him. So, McShay, did you see who he, he has in the latest mock he did on ESPN this week? Is it a wide receiver? It is a wide receiver. At eight? At eight, or nine. Aren't we at nine? We're at eight. Are we at eight? Okay. Yeah, at eight. Drake, Lo- yeah. Uh, Drake London. No. Yeah, Drake no. London. I'm... He has Drake London, first receiver off the board. Ugh. All right, Drake London's not even my, my best receiver. Drake, he's good. He's very good. I think he's going to be a solid plus X receiver in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um. It kind of reminds me of like a less athletic AJ Brown, mm-hmm. like where he's a big bodied guy. He's going to be able to go up and get the ball, and he, he can run every route. He can go in the slot or in the or or, or out wide. Mm-hmm. He's versatile. 
He's mm-hmm. very talented, and he did it with a kind of – I was a freshman quarterback over at USC this year, and he was a 1,000-yard receiver, right? Mm-hmm. He was good. No, he doesn't fit the Falcons' needs right now. We, we need weapons, but the thing is you can find weapons later on in the draft. You can find well, I'll weapons say this. in free agency. What if – the thing about the receiver in the first round, the way I am – the only way you're going to get me on board with that is if Calvin gives you a first-round pick this year. So if Calvin gives you a first round pick this year and then we just take one of, we don't have to burn a first round pick on a receiver and then that's it. We're not taking anybody else in the first round, but if we have two first round picks and we just have to bite the bullet and take one of the other receivers to replace Calvin. And then we get to use another first round pick on another area of need, a more pressing area of need. And you can do that however you want. I'm okay with that. But if we, if as it stands right now, no. Yeah. I, I completely agree. Yeah. Completely agree. Calvin Johnson, even Grady Jarrett. I think those two yeah. change everything because I don't. Calvin I Ridley, Jarrett. not Calvin Johnson. Yeah, no. I would love Calvin, Calvin Johnson. I would love, I would Calvin, love Johnson. Calvin Johnson. I would love mm-hmm. Calvin Johnson. <laughs> but no, uh, Calvin Ridley changes everything. If you if you trade Calvin Ridley and get a first round pick, especially if it's like for the Philadelphia Eagles or something, where yeah. they're at 18, 17, 18, 19, absolutely. Go jump and take like a Jermaine Johnson or something at, for, at, with your first pick. Um, mm-hmm. Go defense. Defense period. And then there are a ton, a ton of offensive weapons that you can go get who I think give you more upside than Calvin Ridley does. Um, like one, like Drake, Drake London could be that guy. I mean, I don't know. But you you have a lot more options, obviously, if you have more first-round picks. And the Falcons, as it stands right now, you have to go defense. If you don't go defense, Lord have mercy, I don't think it's ever going to get figured out. <laughs> But there are guys. I've done a couple mock drafts. I've sent some to you guys. And did you just uh, say you've done a couple? That I've is the. Oh my goodness! This them. man. I don't think you understand, I love folks. Drafts. I this love man, mock drafts. They're fun, dude. The mock drafts are so, they're so cool because there's so much there's so much talent out there, and there are a lot of guys who it's like once I like start digging into like these random dudes, or it's like oh shit, I forgot to take a, a cornerback, and I found mm-hmm. this one guy out of like I think it was um out of Alabama State or something. He was in one of the ones I sent you. Shout out to the Hornets. Shout out to Hornets, man. But they have a solid dude. Maybe it was Florida AM or something. It was like one of the HBCUs who mm-hmm. I hadn't actually done any research into. And they has a lot of they have a lot of talent over there. And I mm-hmm. and it's like when you start digging into the nitty-gritty, like four or five, six rounds, there's some talent back there. But I'm more looking at like the George Pickens of of the world or or uh guys guys of that nature who who will be available in the third or fourth round. And th- I think Pickens is going first happen. round. I don't think Pickens, Pickens? is going to – yeah, I think he's he's going first or second. No, I don't think he's there. You have Olave and, and London, those guys. Those, those guys are going first round. Jamison Williams, those are first-round guys. George Pickens is going to be maybe second round. Maybe second round. Uh, but We'll see. Someone's going to – like his natural ability – Yeah. You've is, seen it flashed. It, like it flashed. When he's I mean, healthy, he's guy, a different – I saw him, but – Yeah. He's a different player. You saw him at Baylor when he played against Baylor in the Sugar Bowl. Yeah. Two years ago, I just want Jamison. Like, if we're going receiver in the first round, give me Jamison Williams. Like, I want the I want the speed breaker. I want the guy who I I just want a very different kind of player than Kyle Pitts. And I think Drake London, not to like him being six five and being one of the more bigger Mm. uh, red zone guys for Atlanta. I'm like, I don't really want that. Like, if we're losing Ridley, I want something. I just want a different kind of player. Exactly. Game breaker. Like Jameson Williams is a game breaker. I would rather have somebody like that, like a Swiss army knife game breaker than um, a Drake London type. As long Um, as we figure out the running game too, we need to go take like an Isaiah. We need a second, third round pick. 
I, I, honestly, I'm on who Isaiah Spiller is the guy I keep wanting to the NM guy. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think he's the best player. That, I think he's the best running back in the draft. And I think if you want to have, he, he's a guy who can be a bell cow. He can catch the ball out of the backfield and he's third down ready. Mm-hmm. He's a guy who can do a lot of things like that for you. And, and, and Arthur Smith needs that. Like, look, I don't, I don't believe necessarily in, in paying a big time running back necessarily. Um, I wonder how much of that is but, like he's thinking. Like, what if we do surprise somebody and take a running back in the first round? He's like, I got my Derrick Henry. Hell no, I need my Derrick Henry. Round. Not the first. Or even the first. I was gonna say, is there anyone? I, I think anyone really probably the top end running back out there. Okay. Maybe there's a uh, what's his name from um, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State or no Iowa State, Iowa State rather. Um, oh yeah, um, what's his name? Brees Hall. Brees Hall, who's very mm-hmm. talented between the tackles. Not he leaves a little bit to be desired catching the football. Mm-hmm. Um. But he's a good player. I mean, he's a guy who's like a second, third round pick. There's no guys necessarily. All of the blood, like the 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 the, the blue blood guys, like the big bona fides, are mm-hmm. second rounders. There's no Derrick Henry this year, I don't think necessarily. But now, as soon as I say that, there's going to be a guy who's going to be a future Hall of Famer or something like that. But um, now I've talked myself into yet. like there's I don't know. Um, I, I you could sell me on Trent McDuffie corner at the eight spot if we don't like I some of the tackles scare me like I part I of me Stingley really before them for, before him though that's the thing okay I like I mean Stingley. I wouldn't Stingley hate might it. fall actually no I wouldn't do Stingley I would actually go on my Gardner like he was an a lock lockdown Mr Sauce Gardner yeah. at Cincinnati oh he was I'm, good he, you can get him like seven in maybe early second round late first round that's a guy yeah if you do go early first round pick on wide receiver. I, yeah, I don't awesome know. Late second or a Kyer Kyer Elam Elam mm-hmm. from uh, Florida, mm-hmm. true lockdown guy. You have him, and he can play. He, he's a press coverage, or he can go. He can drop back and play the zone coverage. Opposite of, uh, um, um, oh my god, I'm blanking. Um, all right, AJ Terrell. AJ Terrell. I just blanked mm-hmm. on his name for a second. Uh, but him opposite of AJ Terrell, that's a lockdown duo right there. That's a fantastic Who would you guess? duo. Who would you guess PFF has as their number one running back for the 2022 draft? Spiller. No. Is it, is Kenneth, it Walker. Kenneth, oh, Walker. Kenneth Walker. Kenneth Walker. He's really talented, but he's taking a but he's lot also of number, too. He's number 55. He That's the first time you see, yeah. and they have pickings at uh, 59. Man, this is like, okay. there's just so many quarterbacks you can get, or receivers, excuse me, that are just there's all a lot over of the place. That's why I don't want to do Drake. That's why Drake London doesn't make sense to me. Because I can get you that can get same guy. value in the second and third round. There's not that level at, at, for an edge defender. Like I can, I can go get a Jermaine Johnson out of Florida State and shore up my desperately needed pass rush, and then go get a guy later who can who can fill the void at wide receiver. I mean, look, you don't need there. There, you look at a, a guy like Devontae Adams. He was a second round guy. There's a lot of value back there, and I mean, there's a. There, we can figure it out. Drake London at, at eight. No, absolutely not. That just doesn't he, he, No. <laughs> if we don't go defense at second mm-hmm. or the, in, before the uh, second round, so like in, any of our first round picks, if we don't go defense, I, I don't know what we're doing anymore. That's fair. I don't know. That's fair. Um, quickly on the, on the Braves. Did you see that piece? Um, so this ties into two different things. Um, did you read the Mark Bradley AJC piece? I did actually. I think I saw that on on Twitter. Uh, mm-hmm. It was like where tanking tanking works in Major League Baseball. Mm-hmm. And he cited the Astros and I think it was the Cubs, as everyone does, and the Braves. Um, I just 
it wasn't good. This was not a good. Okay, so here's what I'll say about this. Um, have never talked to Mark. Don't know Mark personally, but I do think there is this growing thing where it's just that like I, this kind of stuff bothers me because I'll see it and I'm like, okay, tanking's not good. Like, let's just go ahead and nip that in the bud. Tanking is never something that you should parrot. Like, that is never something that we should expect from our franchises especially like if they're not lowering ticket prices if they're not lowering jersey sales if they're not lowering everything in the building where it's like a dot like they pay you to get a a coca-cola at uh, the (laughs) mercedes-benz if you're tanking like if they're not doing anything like that if they're not just if you're going to strip this thing to the bones and just be bad for years over years then you have to take that to the fans like it's not fair to the fans especially in baseball where there's 162 games and you are asking your fans to believe and just forget about and just not enjoy themselves for 300 plus games like 300 plus awful games where the team is not trying to win baseball games um yes there are success stories when you do it to the extremes like houston and chicago did atlanta didn't really do the extreme um version of that they did no. tank a little bit for a couple of years but it wasn't to this they extent. were still a 60 win team 80 70 win team for the most right. part like, exactly they did not go where the baltimore orioles are you he didn't like no one see, ever mentioned that's the, the, that's the direction i was gonna go because there's yeah. no guarantee that you're ever gonna get out of it that's the thing because and most don't who says and that's the thing who says you're gonna go get ronald acuna or have freddie freeman to build around like there are just as many guys who who flop, flop like that are they're taken in the first round. Like I think he cited in the article, one of the guys who didn't even sign with the Astros. Mm-hmm. Like that's common. Well, that was Mark Appel, yeah, yeah. The, mm-hmm. But that's that's common in baseball. So, but it's also you, just but that, like on those guys, and then all of a sudden you're just doing it again. And those are long seasons. That's a lot of long suffering seasons. for these teams. Like you, you're you're just as likely to be the Marlins. Well, hold on. It's not even just the Marlins. Let me just give you the list. The teams like people love to cite this. Okay. The Rangers have been tanking for years now. Haven't gotten out of the cellar. You look at the Mariners. They were tanking. They were, they're just now dipping their head out a little bit. The Tigers blew their, blew their team up. They have not been back in a decade. The Pirates blew it up. They are not getting out of it anytime soon. You look at the Royals. It's been four to five years now. The Phillies after their world title run, they tore it all down. They haven't gotten out of it. They're still just stuck at the bottom. You look at the Blue Jays. They were there for a while. They just now climbed their way out. The White Sox just now climbed their way out, and we'll see what happens there. Then you keep going. The Orioles are never getting out, probably. You just look up and down the list, and I'm just like, the major- like when you have this conversation, the majority don't. The Orlando Magic have tried tanking. The Charlotte Hornets have tried tanking. It doesn't work for everyone. It doesn't work for most people, and it's also just bad for the sport like let's just stop pretending like i understand the like (laughs) we can advance there's more nuance than just like yes better draft picks and doing this i I understand that line of thinking and i understand all of that but then we have to work to fix the system that allows this to be a possibility that allows general managers to be like okay this works and like there's just people that find this and they like it and i'm just like Man, there are a lot of people who were nodding their head at this article, and I'm like, no, this is not good. Like, I no. don't the break. Like, this is not something we want. We do not want any of this stuff, and it's especially going to be annoying when Freddie Freeman signs with the Yankees or Dodgers in a couple months, and we're like, I just, <laughs> I, yeah, they're great. It, they saved a bunch of money because it's also the other part of it is when they tank, they save a bunch of money. Like the Colorado Rockies are going to save a bunch of money now. Like they're not winning. They're going to be bad for a while. 
The Orioles are saving a bunch of money. The Astros saved a bunch of money at the time. The Cubs saved a bunch of money at the time. It's really just about saving money. Like these owners it's, want to save money. Like none of this is good for the sport. And it's like when I see this, like tanking works. Let's do it. Let's go lose 400 straight games. I don't care. And it's like, no, you don't. No, this cannot be the thing. Completely eradicate tanking from the sport. You never are. There's no perfect way to do it because you. But it's never been this bad. System. It's in baseball. In baseball specifically, a third it's of baseball is not trying. Like a literally a Terrible. third of Major League Baseball is trying to lose games. Yeah, that is and, and insane. You see that with with the Brian Flores and, and and Hugh Jackson stuff that came out where they're paying him fifty and a hundred thousand dollars to to blow a game, like. It's it's always been there. It'll always be there. Right now, it's just especially bad in baseball. Um, but it's it, I think a lot of that has to do with too the uh, the big name guys are also only going to a handful of markets. Like you mm-hmm. look at the you look at the the Dodgers where you got Corey Seager, you got uh, Julio Urias, Walker Bueller, everybody, Kershaw, everybody is over there in 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 L.A. And then you have the Yankees, which the Yankees are always going to Yankee and. Uh, these massive payrolls combined with these tiny, tiny, tiny payrolls. And so I think you're always going to have some level of discrepancy when it comes to that. But the Dodgers, though, do something different, which is they develop. They also develop talent. That's why the Dodgers are consistently there and the Yankees are not. You know, I mean, it's not like the the National League is that much or or that much worse and that the Dodgers Mm -hmm. are just dominating. It's just that the Dodgers cultivate talent and then they also can go out and pay guys to fill in the holes. And Baseball has a problem. They absolutely have a problem. Their biggest problem is that they're they're going to miss baseball games. <laughs> and uh, officially, I think today, uh, they've kicked it to back to March 5th um, for a start date. If they even hit that. But tanking, tanking is the very worst thing that sports have. Like it is, yeah. it's the, it is the, the biggest dark stain of, of, of any league. You're never yeah. going to completely eradicate it. It'll never be completely gone, but... God, don't praise it. Don't yeah, ever I just, praise it. I, I wrote an article two years ago about the – because everyone thought that the Falcons were tanking. And I said, well, no, the Falcons are tanking because tanking doesn't work. For the vast majority of teams, yes, you can point to a handful of teams. Like, the vast majority, it doesn't work. The vast majority, it doesn't hand, work like for you. Handful. Mm-hmm. Like, where do they go get – I don't know, um, uh, Peyton Manning, the, mm-hmm. the Colts, and that changes your franchise forever. Or John Elway changes your franchise forever. Um but even then, and no, the Colts traded him the rights to John Elway because they didn't want to play there. But for the vast majority, it doesn't work. For the vast majority, you're you're just as likely to be the Browns who you're just living in mediocrity, you're terrible football. And I respect Mark Bradley. Mark Bradley's a guy who I've I've read his stuff for a very, very long time, ever since I was a little kid. Um, this is a bad take. This is just a bad take. And the Braves didn't just win because they tanked. They won for a lot more reasons, tanking, and they didn't even really do it. Um, it's it's a bad take. I, I think Mark Bradley can do better than this. Yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, Mr. Chapman, that's all I've got here on the Atlanta Sports Guys this week as uh, you conclude this week. At, um, Are you going to watch the All-Star game this weekend, by the way? Absolutely not. I don't watch anything All-Star. I don't – All-Star really? stuff You're not going to – I'm gonna watch Trey. I don't watch the dunk. Con- the dunk contest has never really moved the needle for me. Even when I was a kid, mm. I-, I would be kind of interested, but never interested enough that I would shift plans to watch it. It's just not my thing. Three it's not contest, real. I'll watch it. I'll watch it with with Trey competing this year. I could I'll just watch, watch. I don't know, but I could. He's just a four to one betting favorite. Did you know that? 
He's not winning the three point contest. Probably not. No, he's but not he's, he, he'll he'll probably get. A, he, I, I think he did it two years ago. <laughs> he got eliminated first round, I think. But yeah, I don't it's know. not true. It's not real three point shooting either. It's like he also doesn't so, take those kind of shots ever. Like, no, he doesn't take spot ups. Mm-mm. No, he doesn't do catch and shoot. He he's off the dribble. Yeah, you don't have time to be off the dribble. But DeAndre Hunter might bit. clean up in this. I think uh, DeAndre Henner could have been pretty good in three-point contest this year. Yeah, um, he, but Carl Anthony Towns, it's always going to be some guy like that. Like Larry yeah. Bird was dominant in the three-point competition. I don't know. It's just not my thing. Like, I don't like exhibition stuff. Like, that just doesn't interest me at all. Like, no, there's no defense. They're not trying. It's for kids. Yes. It's for, it's for casuals. It's, no, I think it's just for yeah. casuals. I think it's for people to have on the background while they do other stuff. Like, yeah, it just like that's what I'm going to do. I'm probably going to be scrolling on TikTok or something. Or no, nah, I'm watching Righteous Gemstones, man. Give me some Righteous, righteous Gemstones. Okay. It's the. Do you watch Righteous Gemstones? I don't. I've it's heard the, about it. I, I mean, outside of like Curb and like, there are some shows that like are next level, and how their next level is like how much I audibly laugh and <laughs> Righteous Gemstones. <laughs> What's I mean, if you on? like Danny McBride, it's HBO Max. If you okay. like Danny McBride, anything like Eastbound and Down, Vice Principals, yeah. all that kind of stuff, then this is just like the cornucopia of that because nice. it That's is a two dollar word right there. There you go. Um, <laughs> I like to keep things capricious on this podcast. Um, I just, I, <sighs> I love it so much, and it makes me laugh audibly. Like Adam Devine's in it, and John Goodman, yeah. but all like it's. I I just I burst out laughing so I much and that. It, I, see I, you already got me on Murderville I, I gotta start watching Murderville Murderville I, is so funny I'm, it was I'm so going funny through Succession on my own and then mm-hmm. me and the girlfriend are watching uh, Euphoria which is we did Euphoria style. season one and I just I uh, Sports Renaissance yes so the Sports Renaissance woman and myself we decided we we're like we can't like it it was one of those where like i worse. felt so bad like it, it yeah. just the, it's heavy like you said it's just too heavy for me i don't i don't want to feel like we every should... episode you just feel ugh. <sighs> ah I, it's it's like i should i'm like on episode can't do it five i think or four mm-hmm. in the first season. the first season okay oh my god it's mm. i i i just know the way based off the way people talk about it i just know it's gonna get heavier and heavier and heavier yeah it's but, not it's just not something i need in my life is. right now Zendaya is spectacular. She's yeah. she's such a she's so big. She's she's gonna be the next big thing for like I the next thirty is. years. Yeah. No, but I'm saying she's gonna get bigger. That star is gonna get so bright. She's we'll so see. talented. Yeah, I mean, we'll I don't, I mean obviously we'll see, but like there's a lot of yeah. But she's, she's she's talented. She is talented. I might and keep I just, watching just just to see her performance. I can't. It just is such a bummer. It's that a show. You're not even there. You're no, just, I'm not even there. You're not like I'm telling you, man. It, that show is a it's a bummer, and it's just not going to not be a bummer. And I just I it's don't like know. it's like uh oh oh it's not uh da, 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 da. what's the one where it's like the Chicago Family, Chicago Family on Netflix. He's a dad's like an alcoholic or whatever. Shameless, Shameless, yeah. Shameless is depressing. Shameless is funny though. Like Shameless funny. had it was depressing, but it was, it still grounded itself in humor. Like yeah. euphoria is just that like, I don't know. Bojack was kind of like this for a little bit. Bojack hit me hard, man. Bojack yeah. was my thing. And like the ending of Bojack ripped me. And I'm like, this is a cartoon. Why is Bojack <laughs> ripping it? Like it ripped me in There's half. There's a lot of beauty in that kind of thing though. Like a lot of people, but Bojack was real, Morty. man. A lot of Rick and Morty stuff with that. Yeah. Where it gets super heavy every now and then. Like, yes. you feel like this existential crisis after you watch some of those episodes. Yes. Bojack right. was like that, man. Bojack. I might need to watch Bojack, but that's not something that I think the girlfriend would like. She, she and I, I, she I might get, watch Bojack. 
I mean, I'll, get, I I'll watch BoJack and get back. Here's what the girlfriend. Here's succession. What, here's what I'll, Succession's great. Here's what I would song. recommend. Yeah. Um, here's what I'd recommend, and uh, we'll wrap up here. Um, cool. Love is Blind. So Love is Blind she season two. She loves that show. Oh my god, Garrett, is, get in on this! The it's so good. Reality show person at Love yeah. is Blind. I actually kind of like. I will. Admit, it's like that's hilarious. One of the, you know, where it's like the Bachelor, Bachelorette, or whatever. Yes. It is. she's. Watching, I can't like, do that. There's the too background. much of that. Yeah. That's, not my thing i don't like it too right. much it's just overdone drama mm-hmm. love is blind i'm entertained they're I, all I'm wrong like they all make terrible decisions and you just <laughs> yell at the tv about their ter- terrible decisions where you're like what yeah, are you basically. rationalizing what are you doing like this season there was there's someone who just was like yeah he picked me second and he proposed someone else less than 24 hours ago but we're gonna run it like let's see what happens here like everything about that show is incredible the decision making the process like some of I, them are actually married too like that's the thing some yeah. of them actually work out and i'm mm-hmm. which is like i kind of like that part the bachelor and bachelorette is just such a clear like publicity grab but Bachelor in Paradise, I can rock with Bachelor in Paradise because here's the See, thing. That's about what Bachelor. I've never actually watched. I've so here's the reason I'll it. do Bachelor in Paradise, not any other ones. It's sad because they're all coming back and they're all still single and they were on the show. And it's like this uh-huh. last ditch effort where they're on this island trying to, I don't know. There's more, there's more desperation in the air. Was Jordan Bachelor. Rogers in that one too? I don't think so. Um, but Love is Blind is fantastic. And I miss Messica because that whole season last year was incredible. Like every decision with her, I, I just season two, they're a breeze. Like I think season two, the final five episodes just came out tonight. So I'm not going to lie in between Tennessee baseball games and some other stuff. I am going day, to be. Yes, it is. Um, You're excited. We're actually playing your team this weekend. My Eagles. Yeah, we are. Hey, are we going to have these disgusting, the same ugly jerseys that we did last year? You tell me. It's your school, sir. It's your alma mater. I, I, I hope that, not. But they were those were not my favorite. Georgia Southern uniforms, I've seen some mm-hmm. really cool ones. I've also seen yeah. some pretty bad ones. So we'll see. I don't know. I'm excited. I'm gonna eat hot dogs again this year. Well, we're gonna bury you this weekend. And probably I, I mean Tennessee's one of the best teams in the country. That's that was the other thing. Like people talk about SEC dominance in football. Mm-hmm. It, what they do in baseball is so much bigger. It's so much bigger as far as dominance is concerned because Tennessee teams like Tennessee and Georgia and Kentucky, like those are really good teams like every mm-hmm. year, but then they don't hold a candle. Maybe they did last year, but then they don't hold a candle to like the, the LSUs and the Vanderbilts or the, even the Arkansas from last year. Like this, this talent, this t- talent pool is so deep. It's mm-hmm. so deep. I think they're like 10 teams deep, aren't they? In the SEC? Yeah. Yeah. It's I like mean, and least... Mississippi runs it like Mississippi college baseball is a gigantic thing. Mississippi, like Mississippi State. State. Huge. Yeah. yeah. They just won. Uh, but yeah, no, we're probably about 10 deep because you have Vanderbilt, Florida, Tennessee, Georgia, um, Mississippi State, Mississippi, Arkansas. Uh, how many did I just name? I don't know how many I just named. I just lost. <laughs> Auburn's it's not good. I talk sports. I don't yeah, know. Alabama don't and Auburn are actually down. Well, Georgia's, um, Georgia's fine. Like, they're pretty Mizzou's, good. Okay. Um, Kentucky's Mizzou's pretty actually, good. Kentucky's okay. Yeah. Um, Oklahoma and Texas said, whenever they when, whenever they make it yeah. in. No, oh, A and M, generally speaking. Um, but yeah, yeah, no, I'm excited. It's gonna be fun and college baseball, hot dogs and hanging out, uh, catching some rays. I'm I'm very Beautiful. much excited for it. Garrett Chapman, always a pleasure. You have yourself a great weekend, my friend. Yes, Max, sir. miss you this week. Um, but uh, yeah, we'll be back next week. Land of Sports guys, talk to you next week. All right, that'll do it for this edition of the Atlanta Sports Guys. Sorry for the uh, delay a little bit here on this Saturday morning, but uh, 
I hope you guys will forgive me that this will not be a, a continual thing, but yeah, just a little late uh, in your podcast feed. So I apologize for that, but uh, please do uh, go give uh, Garrett a follow on twitter.com. If you have not already done so at GCHEP ATL, uh, follow myself at chase double underscore Thomas, like the Facebook page at facebook.com slash chase Thomas writer. And uh, yeah, if you like listening to Garrett and I talk all things Atlanta sports and you like today's episode, please make sure you go subscribe if you have not already done so. Um, And also leave us a five-star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, go ahead and uh, follow us on YouTube. If you want to watch the podcast, uh, please do uh, type in the Chase Thomas Podcast on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button, thumbs up emoji, all that kind of stuff, um, and share it out. It uh, helps more than you know, and it's an easy way to support this very program. Also, uh, please do email us if you have any Atlanta sports questions for Garrett, Max, or myself at chasethomaspodcast at gmail.com. Go visit chasethomaspodcast.com today. Uh, access to all of my previous episodes and all that and more on the official website. Um, and then, you know, subscribe to the newsletter, the daily newsletter, sportsrenaissanceman.substack.com. Type in your email. That's simple. All right. Well, that will do it for today's pods here on the Chase Thomas Podcast. But new episode coming tomorrow. New episodes daily on this feed. Yeah, you can always count on that. Um, and I will talk to you guys then. Uncle Derek, how'd I do? Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah.